Hi, I'm Kat, grassroots marketer turned brand builder. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever. Your weekly dose of not so nice, but oh so clever advice and actionable strategies to grow your mind, brand, and bank account beyond your wildest dreams. Free of charge. You're welcome. So grab your notebook and let's get to it. In today's mini episode, we are talking about Taylor Swift and her re-releasing her Speak Now album because, you know, we love branding and marketing and there are definitely things we can dig into here. So I would want you to know that I do not identify as a Swifty. There are some songs that, of course, I will belt out in the car, obviously, but I do not know her inside and out. So this is just me as an observer watching what's happening in my feed, essentially. And Kat, I know you are a fan and you actually went to her concert recently. The Eras Tour. I did, yeah. Yeah. The Eras Tour. It was my first Taylor Swift concert, um, and I was invited by my good friend Myra, who is a self-proclaimed Swifty over 50. Oh, Swifty over 50. I didn't know mm-hmm. that was a thing. Okay. It is a thing, um, and I still am like, Myra, you are not 50. She's like, Kat, she's like, I am. Trust me. I'm <laughs> like, no, you, you do not. She has more energy than me. <laughs> Um, just one of many reasons why I love her. But she scored VIP tickets. And so we were lucky enough to go. I invited um, a couple close family members. So it was a girls weekend. I wouldn't describe myself as a Swifty um, because I don't like take to the comments and stalk Taylor, do, uh, do mm-hmm. all these like I glitter does not exist in the wardrobe, mm. not or cowgirl boots. It doesn't go with your leather jacket. You know, no, okay, it doesn't. Right. No, the leather jacket energy is is here. So Anyway, so as as somebody who has been a fan, because I think she's only a year or so older than me, which I say that to demonstrate that with every release of her album, the original releases of the albums, we were about the same age every single time she released it. And so all the things that I was going through, she was writing about. And so I think that kind of cemented um, it in my mind. I felt like she was really more of like a social documentarian than a musical artist, which I guess she's both. So... You know, the thing that I love about her re-releasing all of these albums right now that she owns the rights and she left her prior producer and she has worked her ass off to be able to do that. I think that I love we're seeing the albums in its entirety now Mm -hmm. of how she envisioned it at the time. But Candice, you had a really good point about this. If she had released everything that she wanted, that her 16-year-old self, her 18-year-old self had wanted at the time, would she have experienced such meteoric marketable success at the time? And so that's the question. Yeah. And I think we we don't know if she would have been as successful if at the moment she wrote and and saying this song if she would have been able to market the same way that they were and it looks like her kind of getting guidance on what people think is most marketable in the beginning of her mm-hmm. career probably positioned her to be at this place in her career where now she could release whatever the right. fuck she wants and decide exactly what she wants on every album because she's kind of earned the respect and the love and the adoration from her fan base. So she's at this point where she doesn't have to listen to mm-hmm. everyone else. And she also doesn't need their right. money. Right. And that's like, a, that's a beautiful place to be. But in the beginning, there might have been 
some benefits to having someone say, hey, based on your target audience and what we're trying Mm -hmm. to build and the brand that you're trying to build, like this might be the right move. And I don't know what kind of shady tactics were going on in the background and we do not at all condone any kind of shady business deals Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I will say that there has to be some positives that came from having people say, hey, this is maybe not the right time or right place to release Mm -hmm. this and this would do better. I think one example in particular, like um, outside of the Speak Now album, was on her Red album, I believe, which was released, I still remember, like after I was getting out of a very intense relationship, um, it was very challenging. And I ended up actually moving out of state after from the Bay Area to Portland, Oregon at the time. But there's a song called All Too Well on there that was one of the longer songs on the original album. And then when she re-released like Red Taylor's version, the song ended up being over 10 minutes long. And when I listened to that song in its entirety, having been 10 years removed from that situation that I was in at the time, I don't know if I would have appreciated it or responded to it in the same way. In the same way. Right. I think it would have been too much for me to process because I was like 21, 22 at the time. And it was a lot for my little young 20 self to go through. But so that was just one example in particular. And then the other thing that I really like too, and I think this goes toward how she's been able to build her brand over the last 15 years, is that re-releasing this album now, Speak Now, she had a song from the vault on there and she did a music video and she actually invited one of her ex-boyfriends who's now happily married, Taylor Lautner, to his wife. His name is also Taylor. So it's like Taylor Lautner squared, which is a lot. And then she's also <laughs> Taylor Swift. So there's there's all of that. All there's of all that. of that. It is. But she invited um, him to be in her music video and like pulling off a bank heist in the right. video. And I thought that that just showcases how far she's come. Because, you know, everybody always likes to say, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you go through heartbreak and then you monetize in song. She's like, yes, and. And now she's come full circle. Well, I mean, she's still she's still monetizing it because now we get to talk about how she brought her ex into her music video. And so this this is just a continual perpetual situation where it's just going to go on and on. Mm -hmm. And and that's really genius of her to kind of lean into the things that people say about Mm -hmm. her instead of, you know, pushing back. But also showing her evolution. I think that that's so genius that you, that she's connecting with people who are at that stage of life and she's like Mm -hmm. continuously evolving as a human as we all are and, and sharing each stage, which I think is really what draws people to her. The familiarity. It is. And the vulnerability too. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people when, you know, we recommend like when we're working with clients, because we don't just work with like entrepreneurs starting out, we work with established entrepreneurs, right? They're like, I want to build a team, I want to scale, I want to grow, I'm, a, I'm the CEO of my life. And we're like, great, we love it. But we're like, okay, let's find ways for you to not only be authentic, but be vulnerable. And I think a lot of people get cringy when we recommend that. But look at the vulnerability and the amount of like, equity that Taylor has been able to build over the last several years with her fan base to the point where they are like Swifties and go down in the mm-hmm. comments sometimes a little bit too aggressively in my opinion, but just a little. <laughs> At Comic-Con last weekend, mm-hmm. there was a sign and the sign, like there was like quotes all over the city and there was a quote by, I think it was like a, a writer and it said something like the surest way to get people to hate a character mm-hmm. like in a film 
is making them perfect. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, so that's, true. that is so key. It's so true. And you and I, as we coach and consult with people who are trying to build their brands, we're constantly asking them to be themselves, be real, be authentic, like share share all aspects, mm-hmm. right? Not only the perfect things, not only every win and success, but also the hard parts sometimes. And usually I tell people to share the hard parts when you kind of get through it, then share the hard time, right? Yeah, not when you're in it, right? Because then you might be reactive and triggered. Exactly. <laughs> but But that is the surest way to, if you're working on just showing a polished, perfect version of yourself, the surest way to build the haters, (laughs) right? And like to make sure that no one connects with Mm -hmm. you. And so that really connected with me. And I think Taylor's been able to be herself so much Mm -hmm. and share the vulnerabilities that people, you know, feel like they know her. They're building that parasocial relationship Mm -hmm. where not only is she, you know, an amazing singer, but she's their friend. Mm -hmm at least in their mind, yeah. you know? Her audience feels like they know her. By the way, parasocial. Mm-hmm. Did you just like make up that term? I love that. No, okay. no. Um, Where'd you find that? My friend Connor Murnane talks about this all the time. Okay. A parasocial relationship, and, and I'm sure he didn't make it up, but it's basically where it's like you watch someone so often. Like we have this where people are like, oh my gosh, Kat and Candace. Like, oh. And, and I ask you, I'm like, what's their name? And Candace is like, I have no idea, guys. But like people, because we put out content and because people listen to us and they maybe listen to us weekly mm-hmm. and they watch us in our stories daily and they're like, oh my gosh, Kat, how's Piper? And you're like, wait, what? Do I know you? <laughs> Um, right. Mm -hmm. Like that is a parasocial relationship where they have like kind of like a one-sided, like they know you, they're part of your daily life because you Mm -hmm. let them in. And now you've built that no like and trust factor and, you know, kind of go from there. But yeah, yeah. Parasocial relationships, they matter. The the queen of parasocial brand building is Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, if you found this episode helpful and valuable and interesting, or if you are a Swifty and just want to let us know that you are a Swifty and listening, we hear you and we love you. Feel free to shoot us a DM at not nice clever on Instagram. And if there is a pop culture sensation or something you see going across the airways that you want our opinion on, please feel free to send it on over to us and we will catch you next week. Thanks for joining us on not nice clever. Remember to follow our podcast wherever you listen to audio and head to www.notnicecover.com to connect for more. Drop a question. We'll shoot you an answer. We're not gatekeepers here. Signing off. You're not so nice, but also clever besties that mean business. See you next week.